All right. Well, hello and welcome to episode people that are smarter than me keep track of what episode that we're on. It's probably like 13 or 14 at this point. I'm not 100% we're, certain. We're on episode 14. We're on episode 14. Wow. Wow. See see how close I could guess? Um, that's awesome. Uh, we are a Star Trek Adventures game that uh, records ourselves and uh, puts the games out there, hopefully to tell Star Trek stories that people might enjoy. We are a group of uh, former Foundry author, uh, former Foundry authors from star trek online who uh when that game sh when when that game shut down their foundry still wanted to be able to tell stories so uh here we are telling the story of the uss reliant and the crew that is on board our captain marcus graves played by duncan idaho hello hello our first officer alenis kendra played by alenis kendra hello everyone we have uh, we have our chief engineer, an interesting character who uh, uh, visually a kind of a, a midway point between the Gorn and the Saurian. Um, and uh, so a lizard race is our chief engineer, and that's chief engineer Rick Tier, played by Bazag. Uh, greetings, everyone. Our chief science officer is the first officer's husband, and he is also a long time. He is a long time foundry author like myself. Uh, Casmodian plays Quentin Reynolds, our chief of sciences. Did you turn it off and on yet? <laughs> uh, we have. Uh, Chaplain Victor Waitley. Now, he's called a chaplain because the Reliant has something we haven't seen in Star Trek in a long time. There is an all-faiths chapel on board due to the fact that uh, there are many Federation races who do have religions that they venerate. And so there's a chapel on board the Reliant for all of them. And uh, Waitley, in addition to being the ship's counselor, sees after that All Faiths Chapel. He is uh, Waitley is played by a, a Twitch streamer, friend of ours, uh, the Grumpy Old Lord. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Counseling sessions will continue as regularly scheduled, and I expect to see you all <laughs> soon. Uh, our chief medical officer, who has a lot to do this coming episode, is Dr. Eli O'Connor, a friend of ours and fan of Foundry Missions and uh, Star Trek Online in general, which, by the way, we are a, a game set in the Star Trek Online universe. Our chief medical officer is Dr. Eli O'Connor, a Starfleet uh, something of a little bit of a prodigy, and he is our ship's doctor. He is, uh, I, I can't remember, he's half Trill, correct? Half Trill, half human. Half Trill, this is our friend Nick, there we go, he's half Trill, half human. And our uh, last, but certainly not least, the lovable Ensign who flies the ship, who also has extended training in Starfleet sciences, specifically biological and life sciences. Uh, that is Ensign Kara Junrani. She is the uh, fourth Ibi in Starfleet. Also, um, also quite possibly about to, uh, in in a way, meet the uh, one of the other Ibi. 
that serve in Starfleet. And that is our cast. I am John, and I like to tell stories, and I that's just what I like to do. Uh, so tonight's episode uh, comes up uh, before credits would roll, as it were. Tonight's episode comes up in the sick bay as Dr. O'Connor is returning from his time on the bridge during the last episode, walking into uh, the Reliant is not, it's not the Enterprise. It's not an Odyssey-class ship. It's not, you know, it's not a Galaxy-class ship. It's, it's essentially the size of a Miranda, just a little bit bigger. And so the area dedicated to sickbay is smaller. You don't have these grand sweeping. You have a smaller sickbay. And as uh, you walk in, Dr. O'Connor, um, you see the doctors that you know uh, working uh, you know, working diligently with physicians, assistants, and nurses that are in there, um, working on the many people that uh, the last 24 hours have seen rescued from, in the case of the officers of the Texas, rescued from, uh, rescued from Borg assimilation seemingly soon enough that um, they are returning uh, they, they, uh, some of them are returning very quickly to the knowledge of who they are. The it seems the shorter that they were assimilated, the easier that is. But for all of the ones that you brought from the Texas, they are all when you left sick bay, they are all recovering just fine. And as I explained to you before game, what you walk into is the three Borg that were just brought on board from Borg structure, from the, uh, from the Unimatrix the Borg were trying to build. Um, they, they look different physically. Um, I told you that one was a human, one was a Romulan, and one was an Ibby. Um, all of them look basically like the members of their race that you expect to see. Um, you know, they have the, they have the same limb size, basically. They have the same, you know, ear sizes and facial structures, but all of them, their skin is pale, completely paled away. Um, they have more machine parts in them than any other person in your sick bay. It looks like the nanites have been to, based on what the autopsy that you did, you're certain they've had nanites working on them for months now, um, at the very least, if not longer. And um, that's the first thing you can tell walking into your sick bay. And also, Doctor Three is working with stabilizing those three patients. And when you walk in, she looks up and she says, "Doctor, I'm going to suggest induced coma for these three." When, uh, when, and if they awaken, they will try to assimilate the sick bay. That that much is certain. Right now, they are inoculated, knocked out. But um, I'm going to suggest coma until we can get work done on them. Make it so. Uh, your doctor, uh, Doctor Ged, actually takes charge of doing that as Doctor Three walks over to you. While you're still aside from, you know, some of the rest of the staff, and she goes, uh, Dr. O'Connor, 
you're aware that these last three are not what we equipped this sick bay to deal with. Um, this is long term. Um, this is extreme long term uh, assimilation, at least in the case of the Romulan. I can't even begin to guess how long he has been Borg. Um, the others. What I can tell based on the implants that they have, they have been assimilated for months. Not four months, but they have been assimilated for at, for at least a period of many months. What do you want to do? Well, we're going to have to help them, so let's start surgery as fast as possible. I'll get things prepped. And she moves to a table and she says, uh... The best thing we can do right now is to confuse the hell out of them by disconnecting them from the collective. The procedure will be much the same, though there may be uh, there may be unseen complications due to the overwhelming number of nanites in their systems at this point. Um, I'll get us prepped. And she goes ahead and starts prepping the surgery, and you look over your sick bay, and you realize not only is there just a like, there's a physical difference in the way that they look, in that they look more pale, their um, uh, their eyes are more blank and distant than uh, they're open, even though they've been sedated, and their eyes are just these blank white. Uh, Machines. There's no indication of all you can. It's like just looking into pools of whiteness when you when you look over at their eyes, and um, they are currently separated from the other Borg in your sick bay. Um, so they're not. Um, they're they're in a different. You have at least two little rooms in your sick bay, and they're in the second one. Um, and and you can see that Doctor Three goes ahead in with Doctor Ged, and they begin to prep the surgery. There are doctors in here you don't know um, that are wearing. Uh, they're all wearing the same sort of uniform. It's the uh, it's uh, if you look in the the Star Trek Online game, it's the Sierra One um, uniform is what they are wearing. And um, they they have on medical greens, and they are they are helping. Is there anything that you want to do? Um, the surgery isn't going to begin right away, but that's where you are and what we see. What does Doctor O'Connor want to do in that situation? Do we have any security down here? You look around. Do we have any security down here? And um, uh, you notice when you ask that that there's a security officer. Um, at the outside of your office and um, a uh, security officer at the outside of the door to the second room. So you have two security officers down here. I'm going to request one additional because two two might not be enough. Three, one for each one, at the very least. Okay, you uh, give a call to security and you get a response. We'll have someone down there as quick as we can, doctor. All anything, right. else, uh, anything else you want to do? I'm going to start helping prepping the surgery. Okay. Um, give me a medical check. Um, and you can roll one extra die for the person that is uh, for, for you're being assisted by two people, but only one of them can actually uh, actually provide 
help to you. In this case, you need reason and medicine. So your target number is 15 and you have aesthetics and cybernetics, you have trauma surgery, you have enough focuses that apply. So your critical number is four and below. And that's for prepping the surgery. I am going to add, um, Baz, how much threat does it take for me to uh, lower the number? Uh, lower the complication range. Yeah, lower the complication range. Uh, yeah, it's 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 one threat per number. So if you want to reduce it to sixteen, that'll take four dice, four threat. I am going to add four threat. You prepping the surgery. Um, remember, you can get one extra die from someone helping you. I'm gonna if it's Ged, it's based on your numbers minus one. All right, so the I'm just making sure I got this command. If it's Doctor Three, base her on your numbers, and you can just roll. Um, um, essentially, just roll three dice. You have three dice to get um, a minimum of two successes. If you get anything above a fifteen, you're. All right, and don't I get a a roll from the ship as well? Uh, Baz, can you get uh, and you get help from both a. Uh, a person and from the ship. Well, it, it, it depends whether um, the ship is like sort of fitted out. If you're using the, if the ship is enough ship resources. Is heat, the yeah. ship is fitted out for this. So yes, you get four dice. Um, the ship operates at your numbers minus one, and it does count as having the specialty. And of course, so do Ged, and uh, so... Um, so I'm not sure, so I'm just going to roll, roll four, four Roll four dice. Uh, four is your critical range, and there you go. Complicate. You got one complication. Um, the last two, however, are a success, and then your complication. The ship gives you the complication. But you got three successes and build one momentum. Woohoo! You got a momentum. Um, however, there is a complication. Um, you got nanites in the ship, Eli! <laughs> um, uh, no. Um, in prepping the surgery with, uh, with the other two doctors, um, that comes from the ship. Oh. Oh. Oh, I got one. Uh -oh. shoot, uh, which, uh, you have the three of them in there. The human has an area in its brain that is approximately the size of, like, a large six-sided dice. Um, it's not super big, but it's not super small either. Um, so it's like a little cube um, of some sort of alloy that your scanners cannot get past, and it is in his head. It has taken up part of his brain, and there are a number of, uh, of tiny um, capillary tubules that run in and out of it. Um, so there's your complication. Well, that's horrifying. You cannot scan what's inside of that cube. Um, and uh, noticing that in, in, in prepping the surgery, we, um, we shift to um, uh, the first of scenes that people wanted to get done right after. Um, we, we go to the engineering bay.
And if I'm correct, Rick, you were on the last away team, yes? Uh, yes. And so now that you're back on the ship, you tend to check on engineering usually. Um, that's that's often been something that you do, yeah? Yeah, just, just to make sure everything hasn't gone to, to crap while I've been away. Making sure that, see, that's a completely legitimate thing to do. Um, and in this case, you need to make a, a reason command check as you check over engineering. Your target number is 15 and you have no, uh, you have no focuses which apply. Um, the what's ship the, can offer a die. What's the difficulty? Uh, you, your difficulty is two. Hmm. Uh, I'll grab the momentum just to make sure. So this will right be on. four dice. Um, uh, no, because I'm not spending thread. I'm hoping, holy, oof, holy magoo. Oof. Okay, um, no, no what did you, what? As did uh. something. Yeah, he forgot to put number. in his target number. Yeah, I forgot to put in my target number. But I'm going to, so that's two successes. But I'm going to um, try and use my determination already. Uh, oh, wow. I'm actually, glad, okay. um, or, or should I wait? I'll leave that up um, to you to decide. You're just checking the ship, right? Yeah, um, I'm going to leave the complication stand. I mean, unless okay. I want to give him threat. Yeah, this could just be something interesting. So, um, in checking over things down in engineering, everything is running just fine. Everything is running smoothly. Um, the engineering crew is on their game. Um, because you got uh, only... It's only two successes, actually. Um, when you look at your raw numbers, but you did get the two successes and the one complication. So, with uh, with getting what you what you needed, you um, you you look over some of the logs and you see that there is a tech who did not report in today, and you noticed it just a moment ago. You, you like like something was off with how many techs there were in the room. Like you you noticed it and you were like, oh. Somebody's missing, and then when you check when you check the report, you realize what you were noticing. Oh, somebody's not here. Um, uh, one one of your engineering techs um, never showed up for work today. Hmm, that is quite unusual. I will look up um, his quarters. Uh, his quarters are on deck six. Okay, I will. I will just also. Uh... Chief, en uh, tap my combat. Uh, Chief engineer to crewman, whoever. Uh, oh, come on, we gotta name him. See, I left that one for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, crewman um, Johansson. Crewman Johansson. I like that. Crewman Johansson. Um, you tap your combat, and what do you say? Uh, what's your current status? response you tap your com badge say uh crewman johansson what's your current status there is no response uh computer locate crewman johansson crewman johansson is not on board the reliant or <laughs> actually says crewman 
Uh, we got to give her a first name now. What's a good, like, Nordic first name? Um, Helga. Helga. I was going to say Astrid. Uh, the, the, oh, Astrid. The, Astrid. Okay, I like Astrid. <laughs> that one works. That one works great. Um, uh, the computer responds, Crewman Astrid Johansson is not on board the Reliant. Uh, computer, any records of transporter logs uh, involving Crewman Johansson? There is no record of transporter of transporter logs involving Crewman Johansson. Any records at all of Crewman Johansson leaving the Reliant? There is no indication that Crewman Johansson has left the Reliant. Okay, I'm going to tap my com badge. Um, <laughs> Chief <laughs> Engine... Um, uh, actually, no, I'm not going to tap my com badge. I'm going to get to go over to her quarters and beep. Um, and... Okay, um, there's no response at the door. You follow okay. Rick. You follow Rick um, from engineering, which takes up, I'm thinking, probably since we're saying 10 decks on this ship, from engineering, which probably takes up like decks eight and nine, um, you get onto the turbo lift and you, you know, you're up to deck six. You walk out, walk to her, um, you, you walk to her, her quarters and, and ring, you know, make, make the little beepy tone and nothing happens. There's, there's no response at the door. Okay, See, so what looks like crew quarters. I'm going to tap my com badge. Uh, Rick T to Bryce. This is Bryce. What's going on, Rick? Uh, can you meet me at uh, crewman uh, Helga Johansson's uh, quarters? Uh, sh uh, she is not responding and is not at her station. I'll be there in a minute. And from there shift to uh there are people who have scenes that they want to get done um does anybody have one in mind which would be a good part of this bottle episode like we shift we have shifted from sick bay to engineering where do we shift to next well i'm busy so i can't do the thing with tardy at the end not yet yeah i mean he's not going for a little while so um graves is just going to be on the bridge so i'll give priority to anyone else uh who might want a scene Who is on the bridge is the question. Um, Waitley, last we left you, you had gone to your quarters. Um, Kendra, were you headed? Uh, you were on the bridge. Um, Kara, you were on the bridge. And Quentin, you were on the bridge. Um, Bryce actually had gone to security a while ago, and um, Janik has been manning the tactical station. You know, quietly back there doing Janik things. So, yeah, so let's just go ahead and uh, just shift to Graves, because he'll be coming onto the bridge, and we'll say that the he's written his report to Starfleet Command, basically saying, we did a lot of things. Uh, send escorts for the ship so we can actually get home to K7. Um, so he'll be wanting to make sure things are okay. So I've got, uh, so I've got Quentin on the bridge, uh, Jenik, Anyone else? Uh oh. Um, Kara's flying the ship. Me. And okay. Kendra and Kendra is on the okay. bridge also. 
All right, so Graves uh, steps out of his quarters and says, all right, people, uh, we did some pretty incredible stuff. I've recommended most of us for promotions, so we can crack some champagne to that later or get course marshaled. I'm honestly not sure which it'll be this time. Uh, in the meantime, we need to make sure that the ship is ready to go and ready to fly um, and make sure that we get to K7 as safely as possible. So one thing I do want to make sure is that we're clean of board tech and the stuff that we're pulling off uh, people is as secure as possible. So uh, Quentin, uh, can you check to make sure that, uh, run some scans, just make sure we are completely good to go. And if you've got a little time, I've got a little special project for you. I can probably come up with some time. Uh, I'll have to double check to make sure that all the containment fields didn't have any relays burn out when we're re-diverting all the power earlier. Yeah, safety of the ship comes uh, comes first, but um, Speaking force of which, a Captain, little bit later. I would normally yes? plot us a nice course through some sensor-obscuring nebulas, but with the main deflector a bit damaged, I'm going to just try to be as far away from other places as possible, so it's going to be a lot of deep space. So uh, hopefully nothing goes wrong while we're out in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Well, it's also probably going to be a little bit more advisable because sensor obscuring nebulas can also be hiding things as well. We made friends with one Klingon, but others may still want to pursue, uh, let's just say, anything that has a Federation emblem on its hull. So, uh, Quentin, though, what I want you to do is, as we're pulling board tech off of people, uh, just make sure that the ship is scanning it and you've got it in your database. Because I want you to try to figure out the how the Borg have evolved since the one we discovered on the surface of the planet. And I want that data myself. Yes, sir. I believe if you look on the ship's network, you'll already find a fairly comprehensive study of at least the neural interfaces. Okay. I also want uh, power grid signatures as well and how those have been routed into vital functions. I don't suppose you took any tricorder scans while you were on the uh, transwarp nexus? Uh, nope, I was busy shooting. I'll pull what so, I can from logs. All right, Genic, very good. Genic uh, takes his, uh, his security tricorder off of his belt, and he says, I never turn it off, really. And he hands it to you, Quentin. He steps away from his console. He's like, I never really turn it off. Probably got something, and he hands it to you. I'll be in my lab eventually. I'll be in my lab. <laughs> <laughs> Science. Um, as as Kara begins to take the ship um, into a slightly off the beaten path kind of way um, to head back toward K seven. And at um, this point, she's actually looking at the main screen and announces. And if you look out the port side window, you will see nothing because this is deep space. And if you look out the starboard side window, and you will see nothing, because this is deep space. If you look out the starboard side window and, like, you change the view screen, you will see, and you're so proud, like, you're like, nothing. And everyone else sees a Klingon bird of prey decoking next to you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Graves just does not. If you look out this window, you will see nothing. <laughs> um, and a message comes from that Klingon ship, um, you're being hailed. And on screen. Course, and, yeah, on screen, the big second officer of that ship, that, uh, of Karn's ship, says, The captain has seen fit that while the 
Other members of our squadron make their way back to Kronos for repair. That we are to accompany you into Federation space under the flag of... He seems to, like, falter on the word a couple of times. Not like he doesn't know it, but like he doesn't want to say it. And he goes, under the flag of diplomacy. Uh, I would call it finding more honorable battles against bigger foes. As we both saw, there was more glory in fighting the Borg. And this may lead to similar engagements in future. So, on that note, we won't ask anything of you. You'll simply accompany us, and we will basically do what needs to be done. Federation. I must choose which member of this crew is forced to come and live among you. And the channel cuts out. <laughs> Graves is just sort of like smiling at that point. It's like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> that guy right there, he's like, he's, he's hit his reason. And um, you can, you can tell he is the, um, he is Kendra. You can tell by what he's, being told to do that he has your position on that Klingon ship. Um, he is um, he is being he is being tasked with deciding which member of their crew is coming to your crew in trade for for Ensign John Tardigrade. Kara mutters slowly to herself, well so much for asking about that wounded bird of prey. I hope they got out okay. Yeah most likely. Oh is very visibly unhappy about this crew exchange. Oh, yeah, because he's our little buddy. But um, Graves is sort of silently, like, he's kind of, like, silently hoping, almost hoping that we get the second officer, just because he's like, (laughs) that would be interesting. It's just sort of that that part of him. He's so tired at this point that he's almost got that little bit of, like, I kind of want to see the universe burn at this point, just because he's just... He, he he's kind of just uh, on that little you'll, you'll, like I, I I figured them out. You guys will figure it out. Um, it'll be figured out at K seven. Your message okay. of like what you found there and like hey, I made a deal with this Klingon. He's going to be with us. Um, hopefully we can just have one quick diplomatic in you know diplomatic moment and and then they go away, right? <laughs> uh, well, so yeah, so um. So let's see. So I've done that. Um, I do want to give an uh, task to uh, Kendra. Many things to do. Yes. So um, I just want I want to make sure that all our personnel secure, and I also want to make sure that the uh, people that we've brought on board from the Texas have appropriate accommodations and are generally doing okay. Because I mean Borg. So. Yeah, um, if you could see to that, see to uh, um, basically make sure all our people are okay, and that our the new um, member or the officers on board have what they need. I take a stroll down to the sick bay. <laughs> oh dear God! And Kendra walks out, <laughs> walks off of the bridge. And as Kendra walks off, as we follow Kendra um, down the turbo lift. Vroom, vroom, Boom, boom, down to the fourth level of the ship. Um, it's, it, uh, May I say that turbo lift sounds like it needs some maintenance. It's just like, you know, it's, it's a normal turbo lift. Boom, you can boom. just, you know, I just, in my mind, I'm just like, boom, boom. 
you know, and it goes down four levels. You step off, and as Kendra walks toward the sick bay, the camera curves and follows down the hallway the opposite direction to Chaplain Waitley's room. Uh, and Chaplain, uh, you just moments ago, um, when you reached, not moments ago, but just the, the, within like, you know, the space of seven breaths kind of thing. Um, you were trying to reach out and see if you could still like feel what the Borg were trying to say, um, in some way. And what you got was Dr. Three hyper-focused on work that she suddenly has to do um you know that she honestly wasn't expecting to have to do this and you know that she believes that the um that 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 you didn't that modifications made to your ship were not made with um rehabilitating long-term uh long-term assimilated borg you know uh, liberating them um and she knows that at least in her mind she knows that they are going to require more care than the reliant um and when you reach out and she feels you ping and felt you like ping in her mind she uh she responds with we are borg um and that was something that happened to you not very long ago like within the last few minutes what does waitley do following that Waitley, um, that's a very good question. Uh, very good question. Waitley shuts down. You know, he stops reaching out. He, uh, <laughs> he just kind of stares off into nothing. He's just kind of sitting there meditating, contemplating his entire situation he's found himself in. In which case, uh, for those who don't know, uh, last episode, Waitley tried to essentially assimilate some Borg psychically. It did not go well, and he wound up getting psychically assimilated by the Borg instead. <laughs> and he uh, he's not sure what to do with this situation. He's in. <laughs> what it was because it lasted such a brief time. What it was, um, and, and I say this like based on everything I know about your character, you know, background stuff, that kind of thing. It was like. Hearing a thousand minds at once. No, more than that. Like at first you think to yourself as you're staring out in space that the moment, because it really was just a moment. It was, you, know, you, you were, you were taken out of there fast and Dr. Three was right there on the transporter platform. Um, so it was really only a moment, but when you first think it was like a thousand minds, no, it was like countless minds all thinking the same thought with absolute clarity um uh, a thought that like uh, when you felt it it was just like a thought with such power that um that this that this hive mind can all focus on one thing and make and with all of them focusing on one thing you you felt the the moment of all those minds not being something that you have to actively try to ignore because they were all thinking the same thing. And for the moment that your brain was assimilated, you weren't hearing what you hear now in your brain. Stuff that you ignore, that you that you just like kind of let um that you kind of let like just fly through your gray matter and 
you know, just let go because you hear everybody's thoughts uh, or feelings at the very least all of the time. And when the Borg assimilated you, that was no longer happening for that brief moment. Which was probably heaven for me. Like that, that was probably even better than when he was on Risa. Uh, probably yes. Um, I would say so. Um, because I, I'm not a hundred percent. I think, um, I think Betazoids are born with their telepathic gifts. Yes. Um, am I correct? They, yes. from the, it, from... It's essentially, it, it's um, from my reading, it's kind of like what color hair you have or, you know, it's, right. it's, it's very much a genetic thing. And one of the things that makes Waitley so interesting with how powerful a telepathy is, is that male Betazoids typically tend to be weaker in power than right. women. Uh, Loxana is considered one of the most powerful telepaths that uh, Beta Z ever produced, though certainly not mm -hmm. the most. And so he has already demonstrated that he is capable of at least that degree. And he has not tapped his full potential yet, I don't believe. So it's kind of a haunting scene almost as the camera takes us into Waitley's quarters and we just see him staring out into space. Um, and, um, we, we, from there, um, we, from there slip back down to, um, let's see where, from there we slip back down to sick bay because you were, uh, because Waitley was connected for that brief moment with Dr. Three as she began to set up this surgery, getting back into sick bay as she was just coming from the transporter room that is right down the hallway. Um, and, uh, the surgery is all set up and ready to go, but you can only work on one of them at a time. And you're going to need, you're going to want to have two doctors undisturbed working on the first patient. So you're going to want either you and Ged or you and Dr. Three or you and a doctor who doesn't have a name yet that came over from the USS Texas. Those are your choices for who, which person works with you. You have three choices, um, but you need two people working on one on one of these Borg just to get its relays shut down and um, really get a look at what you're dealing with. So, uh, Doctor O'Connor, um, Doctor Ged looks over and he goes, "Doc, yes, which Ged. one? Which one? We got we got this bed ready to go." Which one are we going to, which one? Let's start with the Romulan. Okay. And Dr. Three says that is the one that has been assimilated quite the longest. And uh, the, uh, the attendants, the, the medical attendants, the nurses roll the, uh, you, you know, basically move the, the Romulan over to the bed that's been set up specifically for this. And they, they set him down and, um, uh, the the other so Ged and Doctor Three look at you, um, uh, you know, look at you, wondering which one needs to go out and start helping other people, um, because the other two are all, all three of these: the the Ibi, the Romulan, and the human. They are all in induced coma now, um, so you can work without fear of them waking up and broadcasting their location and that kind of thing. Um, so who's staying and who's going out? <laughs> Kind of thing. Um, They're just looking at you. Um, Ged is shifting on his feet. Doctor Three is stone faced and simply waiting with her hands at her side. Ged, I'm going to want you to go out there and help everyone else. 
Yeah, because I got the best guy. I got the best bedside manner in all of the sick bay. He walks out and he goes, hey, you jerks. And the door's like, <laughs> and um, into the sick bay. Hey, just jerks that aren't even from the Reliant. <laughs> Let's get a look at you. And um, you walk in with this um, Hellerite who um, I believe we des- I described him with kind of like a like like a, a shorter, well-cropped beard rather than like a long, crazy beard. Didn't I a long time ago? Um, but yeah, he uh, he walks up and he goes, okay, you jerks who ain't even from the Reliant. And you walk in, Kendra, as he says, let's see what we can do to help you. <laughs> Commander! And the uh, operating room. Dr. O'Connor, you're looking at this. Uh, um... You are looking at this this Romulan that is lying on the table. Um, it is more machine than flesh. Um, uh, you can first date it. Um, you, like you can first, when I say date it, you can um, based on a, a flat, like based on a sample of the flesh, and um, also. Uh, you you could essentially with your equipment carbon date the uh, you could carbon date the metal part uh, some part of the metal of this creature. And Doctor Three looks over to you and says, "Shall we begin?" Let us begin. So um, you are going to begin surgery on a Borg that is long. It, it was a very long time assimilated. Very, very long time. The first roll that you need to make is a reason and medicine check, which is your 15 is your number, and the um, critical range is 4. 15 is your target. I am not going to add any threat to this roll, so you can simply uh, 15 target number, 4 is your critical. All right, and 4 dice again because I got. Um, Doctor Three helping me end the ship. Yep. All right. Ooh, I love what? these complications tonight. The brilliant thing. It's, I love it. You get three successes, though. I mean, so you build momentum. Build. Uh, How much we had? Now you have one. Um. Wait, didn't we? We got some momentum we, earlier because we had one earlier. I, did, I, I used and, it. So we got one. Oh, I missed that. Crap. Um, So uh, begin the process of disconnecting uh, the neural link. Uh, You want to, you're trying to remove it, and you run into the first major complication of a Borg that has been a Borg for this long. The neural link. It's so when once you get in one once you get your your medical tools that you know go beyond the description of our possibility, once you get the side of its head open and get your medical tools and get your scanner looking right inside of this, you know, this this creature's like the base of where it's like like spine meets like the neck and everything. Um you get this uh you get this indication that you cannot remove uh, this uplink device because 
There are so many connections in this uplink device that lead to so many places in uh, unknown places in his body. Um, that um, you know, they it connects to to you know a neural strand here. It connects to a piece of gray matter there. It connects like uh, it, it connects to um, bone fragments in three places. You know, and it's like um, it. it you can't take that out without not without shutting things down or or doing something bad probably to whatever it's connected to. Um, the best you can do is now um, you can make that same roll again, um, but the ship cannot help you because this is. Um, this is the part where this is dependent solely on the skill of the uh, the doctors that are, you know, it's solely on the skill of the doctors that are doing the operation right now. So it is the same role, uh, which is a 15 for you, and a 4 is your critical range, but I am going to drop two points of threat at you, and if... Uh, that and that means if you roll eighteen, nineteen, or twenty, you get a uh, you get a complication. All right, and this is three dice because I got Doctor Three with me. Hey, there you go. Bam, 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 bam. You build a Ooh. momentum. You build a momentum, and. Because you have Doctor Three working with you, you know, hey, you picked the better of the two doctors. I don't blame you. Um, uh, be, she indicates that you can shut it down, but you're going to have to continually monitor it during the entire surgery, as the nanites in his body will try to turn it back on. And so with that, with her telling you that, you are able to switch off the, uh, essentially the signal device that would lead other Borg here. Um, it's uplink to the connected, to the collective, has been severed. And you start to look at some of the other modifications been done to this poor Romulan. Um, Almost the entire, le uh, no, the entire right side of his face um, has has been uh, replaced by a metal plate, and the the flesh underneath it has has gone so long necrotized that the plate. It, he kind of almost looks like um, if the Phantom of the Opera had a steel plate face mask that instead of an eye hole had a Borg shiny eye unit on it. Um, and once again, when you start looking at it, you just don't have the resources to... It will... It will it, if you get started really trying to liberate um, this individual, uh, this surgery could take you more than a day. Right now, I just want to render that uh, inoperable. You've done that. Okay. You, okay render so... it in a, you render it inoperable. Doctor Three smiles. Um, and I raise an eyebrow with that. That's 
Yep. And um, she smiles. It's it's only the corners of her mouth as the thing gets turned off, and the information comes up on the screen next to her that you were that that you would look for, and she says, "This Borg was liberated in the twenty fourth century, in the mid twenty fourth century, Doctor." Um, Could you say that again? It cut out for me. She says. This Borg was liberated in the mid 24th century, Doctor. Do you mean liberated or assimilated? Assim- this this Borg was assimilated in the late 20 or, or in the mid 24th century, Doctor. Uh, we're, we're we're able to thanks to the thanks to the metalla- metallurgical analysis, I can narrow it down to the year 2364. 2365. God. As I said, these three have been Borg a while. Once they we the 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 biggest issue that we will run into here, Doctor, is that when they awaken, they will not remember themselves. Well, they've been simply like, 45 years, I would think so. Even if they've only been assimilated. Four months, five months. Um, Borg that have been assimilated two weeks lose uh, lose all sense of self. By the time a month has passed, there is there is very little left of what once was human inside of the mind to reach and rebuild. Well, he doesn't look very human to me. Oh no, no, he doesn't. More Romulan than human. <laughs> More Borg than Romulan. That's true. I'm going to suggest we make a report um, for... Uh, I'm going to suggest we make a report for command at uh, K7 to uh, to dispatch potentially uh, escort ships to get these three, at the very least, to uh, the Daystrom Institute. They do have the facilities there, but we do not here. Well, let's get through the other ones at least. Let's see how better they fare. Well, now that the uh, now that the bed essentially is set up, she uh, she she presses the buttons and the uh, the setup around the bed that you know provides the tools that you need specifically to work on bar- Borg hardware. Um, the, it's on like a, a, a couple of frames that just float from the bed that you were just working on. They, 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 they float over to the other bed and now you have the tools. Um, which one do you send it to the Ibby or the human? I'm very wary of that cube. So I'm going for the Ibby next. Okay. And then we go out into the sick bay and Ged just finished saying, all right, you jerks that aren't even from the Reliant. Let's see what I can do to help you. And some of the, like the the people that are from the Reliant are all, that's Dr. Ged, you know, like, you know, they're like, Hey, he's not friendly, but he's a really good doctor. And um, that's friendly for a teller, right? You, Kendra, here. Let's see what I can do to help you. And he goes walking over to the first bed that has a it has a Starfleet engineering officer that has an 
cleared of all Borg tech except for something that has molded into the bone of his arm. And you see Dr. Ged, like it, it just looks like um, a seven of nine's hand thing, but halfway up his arm. And it's, it's gone through skin and is connected to bone. And um, you just see Ged walk over and call something up on a computer and say, Commander, welcome to Sick Bay. We're a little busy at the moment. What can I do for you? Oh, I'm here to see um, how everyone's faring at the moment and how morale's doing in here. Not exactly your area of expertise, I know. Morale, not, not, yeah, you're right. Not exactly my area of expertise. I can say that um, I've already released three of the Texas crew um, to back among their own people there. Their implants were very easy to remove and, well, not very easy, very easy. I mean, have you ever tried to do medical work, Commander? It's not very easy. Um, and <laughs> um, he says, but there's three of them that were already ready to go. So it's just, just, these, uh, just these eight that I still have left. Oh, and well, the three other Borg that the docs have in the other room. Would it be helpful to you if I had someone from hospitality come down to see to the, um, shall we say, areas outside of your expertise? That would be great, Commander. Because honestly, these other eight jerks taking up my beds. And uh, he, he, like, he looks over his left shoulder and looks at like three of them that are on the beds. And for the most part, the, the people that are in here um, that you can see immediately the uh, the remaining eight people, um, uh, the remaining eight people that were on the Texas that are still in, you know, kind of half destroyed Starfleet uniforms. In some cases, they've been cut off of them and whatnot. They all appear to be recovering pretty well. There are a couple that are still looking at these implants that they have, and Ged is over by the bed of one of those. But he looks over his over his shoulder and he's like, you jerks, you're almost ready to go home. Almost. Yeah, they're almost ready to get out of here. So, you know, if the hospitality people come down, we can get them, you know, we can get them set up in the temporary quarters like everybody else, right? Sounds like oh. a plan. Man, we're going to have to give you some painkillers. He looks over at the guy on the bed. Man, we are going to have to give them painkillers <laughs> and you get the feeling that dr ged doesn't want to talk anymore but you know he's there if you want to he wants to get to work on this guy i tap my com badge um can i have a couple people from hospitality come down to the sick bay to see to the crew of the texas and also she taps her com badge again um kendra kendra DeWaitley. Ooh, I like it's, that. Uh, Waitley, you get a call. It, it, he's obviously in the middle of his little reverie there, but after a few seconds, he uh, he taps his comm badge and says, Waitley here, what do you need? Are you feeling up to a little work, or do you need some, some time off? He, uh, he clears his throat and says, uh, I, I will be there shortly. Very good. And he, uh, he proceeds to uh, get off of his ass and <laughs> looks in the mirror and straightens everything up, adjusts his pip, 
and proceeds to the sick bay. Kendra waits in the sick bay for Waitley. Okay, um, it only takes a couple of minutes for him to get there. His uh, his offices and the holodeck are both on this on this deck as well. So, actually, no, the holodeck wouldn't be on this deck, but his offices would. We need an actual um, uh, what do they call them? The 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 actual like the deck map of the Reliant that shows where it is. We need somebody to do or, or make it a project where we all work on it or something. I think that'd be cool. well. This one, yeah, this one we're kind of establishing where a few things are, even if they're probably not right. You know, <laughs> we could do it as Lieutenant Tardigrade's crayon doodle map of the Reliant. Yes, yes. I it only needs idea. to be consistent. I don't know if it would be consistent. Photoshop can do a lot of you, things. You might just well, like he, he starts like drawing castles and dragons on some parts of the ship. <laughs> you know, so so yes, it only takes a few minutes, and you're walking into the sick bay. Waitley Kendra is there, and Doctor Ged is um, Doctor Ged is injecting the patient at the table that he is working on um, with some sort of medicine. Uh, he's got a hypo spray, and the guy is like, "What a painkiller!" And Ged goes, "A lot of painkiller," and puts the you know, puts the um, hypo spray to to his neck. Um, and um, at, at about the same time, three people from the operations crew are walking in to the sick bay. And Kendra, you just see Ged shake his head like, "I just got rid of." Like you can tell that he wants to be like Commander. I just got rid of like three people. What's going on? But he just goes right back to his work and doesn't say anything. Um, so the couple of operations hospitality crew step in and Chaplain Waitley is just like a minute before them. So um, you can continue in the sick bay for a moment. Waitley. He, uh, Kendra, he, gest- Kendra gestures for him to come over. He looks where she is and he approaches and he stands at attention, says, yes, sir. Kendra uncharacteristically reaches out a hand and puts it on his shoulder. Are you really okay? He doesn't flinch or start or anything, but he is very obviously uncomfortable with the uh, the full contact. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't like give a, a, a reaction. You very much pick that vibe up from his body language. He doesn't shrink away or anything. He just nods and says, yes, sir, I am. I and Kendra, the you. second she senses that he's like internally tensing, pulls her hand away, but continues looking at him very intently. He well, just says, yes, sir, I am ready for duty. All right. I know for me, sometimes when something happens, the best thing I can do is help others. And I'm hoping maybe it'll be the same for you. I know that you got a little bit of a taste of what the people on the Texas just went through, and I'm hoping you might be able to help them out. He nods. Uh, very, very Waitley style nod and says, who is in dire need of assistance? At this point, I'm not sure if you can kind of make your rounds around the sick bay um, and use your professional skills and your personal skills to kind of get a feel for people who need your help. He nods and says, as you wish. And uh, as soon as he says that, he opens his mind up and tries to kind of gauge everyone around him what they're feeling he's basically going to do some psychic uh psychotropic triage okay there's a guy on painkillers who is on all he's not paying attention to what the doctor is doing because 
Um, even though he's on painkillers, he knows that what the doctor is doing is probably really, um, really painful and probably looks really painful. And when you look over at that table, you're like, oh my goodness, he's tearing that thing out of his arm. Um, you know, it's, it's the, the hard work of tearing out, um, hardware that had bonded to his bone kind of, um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it looks like it would be painful, um, is what's happening. And, uh, uh, the rest of the people, there are a couple that are, still a little worried because they have like a little Borg tech left on them. One guy is worried he's not going to see out of his right eye again. But for the most part, the people from the Texas in this room feel like they are being treated by a very competent medical staff. Um, they're happy to let themselves be patients for the moment until they can get back to, you know, patients and then, you know, guests on board this ship. They're, they're totally okay for that. <laughs> That's what you pick up from the people in the sick bay. All right. Um, he's just going to kind of make his rounds through the sick bay and uh, kind of, for those who are conscious, uh, you know, just give them contrived platitudes so to speak you know the, the the basic standard you know there's there's someone here to speak with if you need and uh you know that whole that whole shtick you know you're not alone and if you, if you need to talk there's someone here everybody is it, it actually they are um they're thankful to hear it um and um i need you to make a uh what kind of a check um, what kind of a check makes the most sense here? It's something medicine. It's presence medicine. Presence medicine or, or insight medicine. Which do you think? Um, are you trying more to reassure them or are you trying more to know what state they're in? Well, uh, his, his initial, you know, telepathic uh, sweep was to know what state they're in. This, this is very much reassuring. Like okay, I said, so contrived platitude. So then this is presence and medicine. Uh, your target number is 14. Psychology applies, and so your crit range is four. Um, not going to add any threat to this roll. So two successes nice for you. Two successes, which is what you needed. Um, you can tell that uh you being here in engineering and doing that um, has made them feel uh, has made them feel better. Um, the, both uh, you can also tell that both Doctor O'Connor um, now Doctor Three you don't really get what you would exactly call emotion from. She is mentally she is emotive. Um, something in the, uh, in the way the first surgery happened made her, uh, the, the, like something in it, you know, it pleased her, um, in many ways that could be, uh, you could interpret it as happiness, but it's not really expressing as happiness in her mind. Um, I don't know how better to explain it than that. Um, Dr. O'Connor, I imagine, is very focused on his work. Um, and at work right now, is pulling a, an implant uh, or turning off an implant that is inside of a Borgified individual. That's what you pick up from the two of them. 
And after that, um, I'm back to the quote unquote plot. Um, as you know, I said this, uh, earlier, um, that there is a plot. It's not all just going to be random scenes, but, um, Rick Bryce, uh, comes walking down the hallway. He's got, uh, he's got a hand phaser, uh, you know, attached at his hip and he's got a security tricorder and he goes, still nothing. No response. Uh, checked the computer, the sensors. There was no record of her leaving, no transporter beam. Uh, she's said, reporting that it's not on board, that she's not on board the Val, uh, they were not on board the Reliant. Uh, so, um, got a bit of a mystery here. Let me, let me check at, at least. Computer, uh, he says, computer, identify location of Truman Johansson. Truman Astrid Johansson is not on board the Reliant. He looks... He looks like this is what he's expecting. Like he he's expecting confirmation of what you just said. Um, and then um, he says, you know, computer, are there any records of Crewman Johansson leaving the Reliant via any, you know, by any means? Uh, there are no records of Crewman Johansson leaving the Reliant by any means. And he says, security override, Crewman Johansson's quarters, uh, deck six, hallway three. And he gives uh, he gives another room code and the door slides open and you see a room that looks like it is shared by two people a little bit bigger than a college dorm room and obvious you're guessing this is for um for junior officers sometimes they have to bunk together um and uh yeah it looks like a, a Room where someone that that spends time in the room likes music. They have a uh, a, a synth tunes device. Essentially, they have like some modern version of a radio on their side of the uh, on their side of the the room. And on the other side of the room, um, the person on the other side of the room looks like they collect knives. <laughs> because they've got a they've got like a, a, a basically like a, a gun rack for knives up above a desk um, that they have on their side of the room and uh, there are four different knives in it um, and they are labeled most three of them look very similar in design they are um, they, they are labeled with three different human cultures Um the fourth one is very different in design, and it is labeled with uh, it is labeled with a a, Vul a, a Vulcan monastery culture. Um, other than that, it really looks like a normal room to you. And um, Bryce moves his try, you know, moves his security tricorder around and says, "This um, there is, I'm not sure." I'm not showing anything in here out of place. Uh, Rick, what, when, when did this crew member go missing? And where did they go missing? Uh, I do not know when. Uh, computer, what was the last known location for crewman Johansson? Crewman Johansson was last in Turbo Lift 3. Uh, she, she, had a, 
Yeah, lift three, by the way, is the the lift that would lead from this deck to engineering. She had um, a, um, uh, a, a, a a shift. That's it. That's what. Uh, last, she... um, it reported last location of, or not even reported last location of. Truman Johansson is Turbo Lift 3 at these uh, and, and gives you a specific timestamp. And that would have been like a couple of minutes before she should have been walking into engineering. Uh, computer, any other crewmen that are, are unaccounted for? Working. There are two crewmen unaccounted for. Truman Johansson, engineering department. Truman Grady, security department. Neither are on board Reliant. Uh, do uh, Crewman Grady, does Crewman Grady share Crewman Johansson's quarters? Negative. Well, I guess we should uh, check out uh, the uh, turbo lift. Yes, we should. Yeah, he claps you on the shoulder lightly enough that um, don't feel that like he's not like trying to show off his android strength or anything. Um, so he just he he kind of puts a hand on your shoulder and he goes. And here I thought that I was going to get to go a whole tour on this ship without a good mystery. And you reach the turbo lift and step on board. Step onto the turbo lift. Engineering. Turbo lift shoots down deck set, deck seven, uh, deck eight, deck nine, and opens. Oh, oh! This time I want to have my uh, tricorder out scanning just for any anomalies. I'm so glad that you that, that you did that because now you get to make the most wonderful of all rolls, um, scanning rolls. Any scanny, scanny rolls. In this case, you should make a reason, or would it be insight? Because it's happening in the moment. Um, uh, it it depends. Insight is generally more behavioral kind of things, whereas okay. um, it'll reason. be reason. It'll be reason and engineering. Your target number is sixteen. Um, or athletics, transporter, survival. Thing. None of your focuses apply. But I am going to spend a... Now, I'm not going to spend a point of threat. So it is target number, whatever, I, uh, 16 mm. with their focuses applying. How many momentum do we have? Two. I reckon, uh, I reckon I'll use one, if that's all right with everyone. All right with me. You can use the momentum. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I have Three successes and you earn the momentum back. Um, it took uh, it took precisely 0. 0.7 0. 0.75 seconds to go from deck six to deck seven. It took 0. 0.78 seconds to go from deck seven to deck eight. It took 0. 0.75 seconds. No, no, excuse me. Uh, 0. 0.75 then one full second, then 0.75 again. So you went from deck six to seven in 0.7 seconds, basic. You went from deck seven to eight in about a full second. Now, those time 
like that that's a minuscule amount of difference pointing that out but you got three successes and you had your tricorder out and you were like i want to know what's going on here kind of thing and what's going on in the turbo lift is that you went from deck six to deck seven point seven seconds full second and from deck uh seven uh seven to eight and eight to nine it's it's essentially one of those decks and and that is between deck seven and eight takes 0.3 seconds longer to transverse okay uh knowing the um the 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 the, the blueprints as i do uh would i expect there to be that difference or would that be and that that be unexpected that is unexpected Getting a like a 0.3 second delay between moving from decks to decks, but I mean it's the same difference, distance. It shouldn't take any uh, it shouldn't take any longer. And you have an invisible deck. Um, can I do a bit of math to say if there is an invisible deck? Like, uh, like what amount? Uh, and of and distance? It, it looks. When, when Bryce says that, it sounds like he was just guessing. He's like, so have an invisible deck? And if you try to do the quick math to figure it out, you can go reason engineering with a 16 and see if you make it. I'll use a third dice as well. Uh, three successes. Three successes. You gain back the momentum that you just, uh, that you just used for the third die. And um, doing the math, there is enough room for a half of for a half a deck. There, I would by the extra time. It's about half a deck worth of distance that is unaccounted nothing for. On, and there's nothing on the blueprint. That's just. And as far as you know, uh, Rick, there's nothing on the blueprints. That is just some of the open space that exists outside of turbo lifts maybe tardy didn't miss this and maybe tardy didn't you know um even think of it as important to tell everybody anybody because everybody probably knew about it after all he saw two star fleet officers go down there once in a while Uh oh at least that's how i think he would have seen it and nothing bad ever happened there what was there to tell nope Exactly right. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's a it's it's a little space. His yeah. space. It's like it, it seems like it's got about enough space for half a deck. And from there, we switch back up to um, up to the bridge where Quentin is. Uh, uh, Quint actually, Quentin has moved to the science lab. So we go into the science lab where Quentin is. Um, you can very easily um, set up a relay down to the medical lab they've already removed a great deal of borg tech that they're that they can you know move to the science lab very easily for hollow imaging and all kinds of scans um so that is not going to be hard to set up you have plenty of people who uh not plenty you know you don't have like you know you don't have like a 70 person science department or anything but you've got a number of people in the science department who are able to do that so um you included obvious um 
And was there uh, you, the report that you wanted to send, you could send um, to to the people that it should be sent to. And uh, what other things are there that Quentin wants to look into while he is in his lab? Okay, well, we need to run a level three diagnostic on the internal sensors to make sure that they are reporting correctly. Then I need to verify that oh. containment fields... Start with the level three diagnostic on internal sensors. Let's just start start at the start and um, go from there. It is 11 and four. Um, actually, yeah, it's 11 and four. Your total is 15. You, uh, you do have diligence, strangely, which I think will apply in this situation. You are diligent about your work. So you have a 15... Uh, you crit on a four or less. I am not adding any threat to this roll. Uh, you guys have two momentum currently if you want to grab a die from there. Holy. We're good. Holy. <laughs> holy Science. Holy. So for Science. all of you listening, um, the roll, um, the roll cast Modine just made for Quentin um, and his diligent self. Wow, you gained three momentum. He got five successes due to um, uh, due to crit for one and uh, yeah, yeah. Due to crits on, but but still, you critted twice on that roll. That's so. Um, hold on, just because I'm keeping track of momentum on the thing. We went okay. from two to one to four, correct? Went from two. Uh, you went from two to one. Uh, Baz, Baz brought that one back, and then Quentin just gained three. You guys are currently at five, one off of Ooh. max. Guys um, currently have five momentum. Feel free to buy some dice when you need them. Quentin, you um. Every all the internal sensors, everything seems to be working correctly, and all the ones that you specifically realigned to make sure that the there's no Borg nanites touching any part of your beautiful, you know, wonderful ship. All of those, everything seems to be working fine. Everything is working perfectly, except there's an entire file structure that seems to be hiding something in um, deep in the imaging sensor array uh, data packets. Do you want to look at it? Of course you do. That's why you rolled five successes. And so when you look at it and and follow it in, there are there there is a specific area of this ship between deck seven and eight that is not a full deck. But that is placed uh, between deck seven and eight, next to turbo lifts. Uh, it's just, it, it, as far as every blueprint shows you, um, that's just open space next to turbo lifts. But any internal sensors focused on that area are being made to report that. Um, now, now here's the kicker. That is in the base core programming of the Reliant. That is not something that someone added in later. Someone put that on that on the Reliant. Um, and in fact, if you weren't being so diligent this afternoon, you wouldn't have seen it. It's meant to be hidden, and you just found it. What do you do? I need a sec because I'm trying to create a random character real quick to assign to something. <laughs> Here, I need a name quickly. 
Okay, what are you going to assign somebody to do? All right, I need Ensign Torak, a Benzite, to take over the diagnostic for the containment fields on the cargo deck and medical bay. I'm about to go uh, sleuthing. Understood, sir. I'll make sure we get everything we need. And I tap my com badge. Hey, who do you call? Ghostbusters! Wait, no, sorry. No, no, Wrong no. game. We're, I, I, <laughs> we haven't gotten to that yet. We, we won't even touch specters for what? Another 10 levels? Right. But anyways, Quentin to uh, Rick Tier. Rick, you were in the hallway with Bryce having just ridden down um, the uh, turbo lift and you are now on the engineering deck. You're not in engineering when you get the call. Uh, Ricky, can you meet me dear, near deck se- seven? I've found something peculiar. Uh, I think we found it too. Um, I'm currently on the en- uh, engineering deck with Bryce and we're just about to um, explore a demi-level deck within the Reliance. So, um... It's apparently reflecting internal sensor data and masking itself. Well, your presence oh, will be will be uh, welcome. Uh, we're currently here. Do you want to meet us at uh, Engineering Deck Turbolift 3? I will meet you there in a second. Okay, as, um, uh, as you wait the moment for uh, Quentin to come, you know, down the turbo lift, um, Bryce taps his comm badge and he says, I doesn't just tap his combat. She just goes, computer, check again for Crewman's jo- Crewman's Johansson and Grady, please. Crewman Benjamin Grady is in his quarters. Crewman Astrid Johansson is not on board the Reliant. He looks over at you, Rick. Turbo lift slides open. You see, you see Rick and Bryce exchanging a look, and they both look at you, Quentin, and uh. We're about five minutes early for our hour and a half break, and that's where we're going to take a break. As Quentin, as the turbo lift opens, and Quentin sees Rick and Bryce turn to look at him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back, uh, come back from commercial, um, up on the bridge, and uh, Jenik says, uh, Captain, I'm receiving communication from Starfleet Command. We are to rendezvous with the USS uh goodness I, I I had thought of a name and then I and now I've forgotten it um let's see um we, uh, captain it, it the uh Janik says captain I'm receiving orders from Starfleet command we're to uh we're to rendezvous with the USS Ticonderoga and uh this part of the message is your eyes only, and he sends it right to your terminal. It's not been opened, obviously. He says Ticonderoga will um, Ticonderoga will be taking on board any passengers for uh, for relief back to Earth space dock. We should be able to we should be able to be in their position in just a couple of hours. Also. Um, Command has approved whatever transfer you asked for, sir. Um, and uh, 
is to be informed when Captain Karn has sent his representative. Are they asking for when we're sending our representative? Oh. All right. Yeah, I'll play it by ear then. Uh, good to know. The part that is, um, the part that is for your, is, that that is for your eyes only is that, um, and, and obviously, I'm sure people can role play not knowing this. As you just look at it on your console, it's just an addendum to the message that um, that indicates that uh, based on your report, that Starfleet uh, will. Based on your report in the rescue of the start of the Starfleet crew members and the uh, destruction, the scuttling of the Texas, based on your actions in Karat, uh, your recommendation for for the Klingons being ceded control of the Karat sector is being granted. There's not. There's not even a dissenting opinion. On the orders. Wow. Um, it is being granted by by the the Starfleet, uh, basically the Starfleet Military Command Council, which involves you know the Mako's Starfleet Command, Admiral Quinn. Um, a couple of admirals had to sign sign off on this, and none of them dissented. That's the part that only comes to your eyes is that um, that. Federation forces will be moving out of the Karat sector, and um, you are uh, you are be- basically being given the happy task of letting Karn know. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so Graves actually feels pretty good about that. So he's kind of feeling like the oh, I did something good. So oh, we didn't mess that up. <laughs> I'm not getting court-martialed for giving away a star system. So <laughs> Graves has to, you know, he has to find some way of informing Karn without it seeming like it was going to be like he didn't have authority in the first place. Like there was some question that he wouldn't be able to give it. So he has to basically let him know, but basically not is it like, a, oh, I finally heard from my superiors. But yeah, it's like it, it, it's now yours. So he right. taps his communicator and says Graves to Ensign Tardigrade. And to have a conversation with Tardigrade. Um, uh, he, uh, he is still on board the ship. He is packing at this moment. Whatever packing consists of to him. It, it's packing ex- or, like miscellaneous like civilian uniform type stuff. Nothing that's like Starfleet branded, but basically just like like black jammies, basically. Awesome. And he, he, he's packing. And then he, he, he taps his green comm badge and says... Lieutenant Tardigrade here. Tardy, I want you to come up with some special kind of commemoration for our transfer to the Karat system to the Klingon Defense Force and the care of um, Grandpa Karn. Okie dokie, I, 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 I do that. I, 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 I can make drawing. It will be cool. It will have spaceships and explosion. And yeah, okay, I can do it. I can do it. Um... Um, and Lieutenant Tardigrade is just sort of like humming a little, like he kind of humming a little nervously, and kind of said, "It's like, well, I, I I get to buy, say goodbye to crew." And Graves kind of makes a mental note, like, "Yeah, we we need to do that." So he um 
says like, yeah, um, people are pretty busy right now. Um, but before you go, we'll make sure you're able to say goodbye. But yeah, just right now, uh, I want you to be working on your little commemoration card and anything else you need to care, take care of before you go. Okie dokie, I, I, I do that. And yeah, and thank you, Mar Marcus. And Graves closes the comm channel there. A Klingon at Ops says, Captain, um, he says, Captain, have coordinates for the Ticonderoga rendezvous in one hour and 20 minutes. Very good. Goes back to his station. Um, uh, does anyone want to make a an insight? Uh, does anyone want to make an insight command check? That is on the bridge right now. That would be Kendra, Marcus, and Kara. Yeah, I believe Checking I my stats. This would be after you left, correct? Okay, so... Um, are you going back to the bridge after sickbay, is the question. Yeah. Okay, then um, you need to roll insight and command. Um, just uh, so Kara's checking her stats. I'll find Elenis's stats here. Elenis has a 10 insight and a 4 command, so that's a 15 for you. Um, and it's kind of just like an, it's an offhanded perception check, essentially. Um, if anyone wants to attempt to make it. I, despite what the results say, I did not make it. I did the formula wrong, so I thought my crit range was 20, but I had no successes. <laughs> I see. <laughs> no successes. That's, that's, that's a pity. Yeah. Um, ooh, Kendra got two successes. Um, Kendra? You know that the Klingon understands Ensign Tardigrade, but does not understand the, the relationship between the captain and Lieutenant or, or an Ensign Tardigrade. And when he makes his report, he kind of turns right back to his station. Like he doesn't want to involve him. So he just makes his report, turns back to his station. Um, you can tell that it's it's not something that makes him uncomfortable. It's something that makes him confused um, because he is um, he doesn't he understands the captain. Um, and you can tell that, that comes from uh, guys. Here is what it what it comes from. Uh, if you want to spend a momentum point, you guys have five. You can gain a little bit more information. Because he did graduate with you, you might know him a little bit from the academy. You want to spend an inspiration—not uh, uh, an inspiration—a uh, you want to spend a momentum. Momentum. Thank you, Baz. Uh, <laughs> do you want to spend a momentum and gain a little bit more information because you knew him at the academy? So that would be you, Kendra. I, mean, you I got think plenty yeah, of it. I have five. I have plenty of it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, um, doesn't have a name yet, but you know that um, he thinks of people by um, Vulcans knew how to say hello in history. Humans did not, and it led to war. And Dorians didn't know how to say hello, but yet, so basically. He learned about the Federation races when he went. He learned about the history of the Federation races from the viewpoint of the Federation when he came to the Academy. 
Um, he didn't learn, and most of you didn't, probably excepting Marcus and Kara, didn't learn anything about tardigrade biology. Um, actually, Quentin might have um, in scientific studies, but um, not just biology, but didn't learn anything about like um, what you know what it is to be a, a, a tardigrade. Um, and so he's he's confused by the ensign tardigrade because he doesn't understand him. That is uh, that is the Klingon. Um, Jenik is uh, Jenik is happily at his station. Uh, you can tell that he's got you know long range scans going if uh, if they're needed. And uh, Kara, what are you doing at your station? For the moment, Kara is mostly just flying the ship. <laughs> okay, um, and uh, from there we're going to cut down to. Uh, we're, we're going to cut down to at nine as uh, Marcus and and are not Marcus as um, Quentin and <laughs> uh, Quentin and Rick and Bryce have now are now right outside the turbo lift and on deck nine. And Bryce says, so we do have an invisible deck. I really was just joking, Rick. Uh, well, that's... Uh, <laughs> I did not expect it myself, but that is where the evidence obviously has led us to. Um, he says, or do you prefer Lieutenant Reynolds? So, uh, I am going to recommend that we probably should notify somebody else before we go in there. I'm just thinking that this area is masking itself, so therefore, it may also be masking anything inside of it, such as comms. What else could it mask? If there are no internal sensors pointed toward it, what could it possibly mask? To certainly, uh, I could find the data, but you might already know. Um, I'm going to tap my comm badge and say, uh, Rick, to you to, um, is it Lieutenant Commander? Lieutenant, no, it'll be uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade, sorry. Uh, but just being Lieutenant, mostly, um, mostly oh, Kendra. Are... Yes. Uh, sorry, Kendra. That's, yeah, uh, did I say Kakara or Kendra? I can't remember now. Kendra, you got Kendra. it. Okay, good. Um, uh, we have uh, myself, your husband, and Bryce have located an area of the deck of the ship between. Uh, decks uh, seven and eight that seem to um, not exist on any official records. We are going to move to explore, but um, sensors are showing that this area does not exist. So just uh, just informing you that um, if something happens and you don't hear from us, say within half an hour, um, you know that something has happened. Bryce um, says, I can get some of my guys down here, Commander. Um, right now, we have no idea what's inside, but I am armed. Uh, more people than you need them. Understood, Commander. And he steps, he steps like a, a, a good step away from you, Rick. Um, and taps his comm badge and speaks lightly, and you hear him go, Bryce to security. 
Spice's rank is uh, you'll you'll, uh, uh, you'll you you now can know. You look at the pips on his uniform, and Bryce is a full lieutenant, but his second pip, while not, uh, it doesn't look un. You know how like the lieutenant um, commander pips look like they're like the the one looks not filled in, or the one with lieutenant junior grade looks not filled in. Um. His pips both look filled in, but the second one has a different stripe around it, which uh, it it's just a thin silver stripe around the outside that's a little bit brighter than the rest of the pip. And you know that what it means is that he is a provisional lieutenant. Um, he is um, he is operating at the rank of lieutenant, but um, is really only there provisionally and that's probably because of the Klingon war so so field promotion mm-hmm. all right so while we're waiting for security I'm going to uh, get Quentin out of the the turbo lift and try to gain access to our little demi deck okay you step into the turbo lift and um, very easily can uh, remove the top plate. You are the chief engineer of this. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm gonna lock the the turbo lift down so it doesn't suddenly start uh, moving. Okay. You do. You move the turbo lift down and you use an override to get the doors open. And you step, uh, or you look out and step out into the turbo lift shaft. And I'm not of the opinion that turbo lift shafts look much like um, those. Uh, there, there are like in. What, which movie was it where the, the spaces were just gigantic and open? And I'm not of that opinion, but I am of the opinion that around the turbo lift shafts, um, you can look out and see some of the space between that exists in the ship. And you need to make a perception check is the only way to say it. All right. Um, so insight, what kind of uh, disciplines? Engineering, um, security. I'm going to say so. It's insight, and I'm going to say, oh, there's Rick Sheet. I'm going to say it's engineering because you know, you know the Reliant. You know, um, so insight and engineering brings you to a twelve. Um, oh, I'm going to let a focus apply, and I will only tell you after if it. Um, if you succeed, I will tell you what focus applied. Um, your target number is 12. Your critical range is 5. I am going to add 4 points of threat. 16 or above is a uh, is a is a complication. Right, a horrible, I'm... terrible complication. <laughs> yeah. right, I'm going to get a dice with, with momentum. Since we've got I have a bunch really do have a bunch of it. Okay, so that's uh, three successes. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, um, so, you look out and you can see that the turbo lift shaft is just fine. Um, and you look up and you can see the um, you can see the indicators for where the floors are above you. But 
unlike, you know, the original series Enterprise where Spock could like rocket boot them up through like a, you know, like a tunnel. Um, what you see is some open space that this kind of more framework at, that the turbo lifts run on exists in it's just this empty space between decks and you look up and have you ever seen that stuff gosh what do they call it um like the blackest black that's ever been black you can get like paint or something that's like this color it's like the most black thing that's ever been the color black um do you know what i'm talking about like vintage black kind of just absorbs everything yeah, um, uh, Duncan, you said you know what it's called? Yeah, it's Venta Black. Venta Black, there it is, that's right. I, I couldn't think of Venta. Um, so um, that is, um, you're, you're like, okay, so I don't see anything out of the, oh, wait, I do see something out of the ordinary. There is an entire room size thing that is built between deck seven and eight. And it is so dark that it just fades into the open space that is around it. And only because you, um, you blink your lizard eyes down and, you know, and, and, and change like a little bit of how you look a little bit. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe because you're a sore, your visual index is different than what other people. That's a great way to put it, Cast. I like that a lot. Um, you look up and you can see there is a room. It's probably... Uh, it's about the size of a small lab. And there is an obvious turbo lift stop there security arrives um two security officers uh one of them is a i almost said bars on but i don't want to copy discovery uh, <laughs> <laughs> um one of them is uh from your race any race any one of them is a pack lead one of them one of them is a pack lead. You guys have a pack lead on your ship now. I love it. So we just know two security officers. One of them is a pack lead. That's all we know. Um, Bryce, uh, you, you hear Bryce say, I'm going to want you to, to stay down here when we go looking at whatever it is that we're finding up here. That's a really cool picture, Cast. That's, yeah. It's kind of that sort of effect. Um from there, uh, getting back uh, to where where you are, Rick, what do you want to do when you notice that? Well, uh, first, it would be easier if, if we could get the turbo lift there, because there is a turbo lift stop. So I want to do a quick scan of the actual control mechanism to see if perhaps if we press two buttons or do something weird, we could get it to stop at this half location. Okay, um, you're not picking up anything in the turbo lift itself. Um, actually, I'll let you make a roll. Um, I, that, that does sound fair. I still have your sheet open. You can make a reason and engineering roll with your tricorder. That's 16, and a focus applies. Oh, by the way, the focus that applied on the last roll was EPS power systems. The reason you were able to notice the room that is kind of like blacked out against its background 
is because there there is uh, there is power running to that room um which means um as soon as quentin sees this he'll know not only are the internal sensors purposely telling you that this place does not exist it's also not telling you that this place is taking some of the power that the alliance produces okay so i'm taking another dice just because and rolling and i get four successes oh god so you take a momentum and you gain two momentum um your difficulty i i mostly keep the difficulty at two um lets you guys build momentum quick you know and and i spend threat quick and whatnot but um oh goodness goodness gracious this time the the focus that applied was experimental technology as you scan up the um as you you scan along the the, the turbo lift looking for any indication um pick up something that you you weren't scanning for and there are heat signatures that your scanner's not actually set up for but you know whose would be rice's would because there apparently is something with the the heat signature of uh that on the control panel you don't have to touch the control panel but you can um, there is like a, a small LCARS interface that you could touch. And there are heat signatures, resonant heat signatures of pieces that people have touched. Uh, you, you really need a security tricorder for it, but you weren't looking for it, but you, that specific thing, but you found it. Um, okay, well, there's some heat signatures here that... It seemed to be of some latent, uh, of a na latent nature where they were like touching them. So maybe if if uh, we treat, touch these locations, we can trigger a stop midway. I says so. We're talking about a code encoded into the turbo lift as well. I don't like this many secrets on a ship that I'm serving on. Let me see what I can figure out. And he steps forward with his tricorder. And um, he is not going to steal one of your momentum. Um, he, he is just going to make his roll, and he's going to get a, a bonus from Baz because um, he has uh, because he has your tricorder reading all ready to go on. Does not have a focus that would apply. Oh, it, it haven't rolled any dice this game. I like it when that happens. Boom! One success. Um, He's like, that is not an easy code. Well, worst comes to worst, we can just manually climb up there, but... Worst comes to worst, we can manually climb up there. This is 15 digits, and I'm not sure that all of it is numeric or alpha alpha I, i'm not sure all of it is alphanumeric even all right well uh let's try and climb up there who's going first and he looks at quentin and rick here oh I'll, I'll, I'll go first then we can help quentin up and then uh you come up last i think that would that would be best 
He, uh, he says, do your people um, any good at climbing, Rick? Uh, we do. Uh, it's like we... until I met until I met you, I've never met one of you, one of your your. I've never met a sore. Well, uh, climbing is not something we regularly do, but um, he I starts do believe... to pull himself. He starts to pull himself up until he grabs um, an internal maintenance ladder and then pulls it and yanks it down. Basically, it was only you just needed to be able to strength your way up like one area. And it's Bryce. He can do that. He basically just pulls himself up and activates the maintenance ladder. And you guys climb up into um, we basically have Bryce followed by Rick Tier with Quentin coming coming up the ladder third, climbing between deck nine, passing deck eight. And climbing toward inside of the turbo lift, uh, lift, climbing toward a um, mysterious room hidden in the center of your ship, and back in engineering. Um, <laughs> there it is. Toss me. <laughs> Don't tell the elf. Um. So, um, back in, um, back in sick bay, doctor. Um, you and Dr. Three move to, uh, move to the Ibby and, um, you need to make a medicine. Uh, what, it, where, where, are, where am I? Where is your character sheet? There it is in front of me. You need to make a reason medicine check. 15 trauma surgery applies. 15 is your target number and, uh, four is your critical range. I'm not going to put any threat on it. All right, and I'm doing one, adding an one, extra die. One extra die for Doctor Three helping. Okay. Damn. Wow. So no complications means that the, uh, the signal device wait, is not critical in there too. So. I know. I, I I see that. I'm I'm quite I'm quite aware that you um that you now build uh two two more momentum and you guys are at max. Um. And you find that the um, uh, it's like a sig it's essentially a signal relay. It's a transmitter device. Whereas what you had to do with the Romulan, where it was just so ingrained into so many systems, what you have to do here is simply it's not simple by any means. But you need to um, disconnect uh, only a total of five uh, five tubules from the machine part itself and pull that machine part out. Now, Starfleet technology makes it so that you're, you're closing the wound even as you're pulling the, the transmission device out of the neck. And you do just an absolutely incredible job because where the, where the crit falls in your die rolls, uh, that is your own... You did that. Um, your study hand pulled that out without any, uh, without any lasting damage to the neck and base of the spine area. And Doctor Three says, "I'm worried about the human. He, whatever our scanners couldn't pick pick up uh, or couldn't penetrate, I'm worried about what that might be." Do you not have any idea what it could be? Um, internal scans, it is not a transmission device because we can see the transmission device. 
could be a bomb. It could be could be memory storage. It could be did work in a computer room. It could be some sort of it could be some sort of computer uplink. I'm just not sure. Uh, when I was liberated from the collective years ago, this piece of technology, whatever it is, was not part of the memory that I shared. Do you think it could be hacked so we could find out what it is? We get in, we won't know. She rolls the medical table over to the human. And, uh, gets out the tool, you know, gets out the, the fresh tools that she can, um, so, so that she can assist you. Um, she says, I still think we should focus on the transmitter first. Of course. Then look at this. You make the same kind of roll again. We're pulling the transmitter out of, out of this guy's head. Damn. What is this about? What is this nonsense? <laughs> what is this nonsense of four successes again? You can't have any more momentum. I'll take it as threat instead. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, hey. Once again, um, uh, the transmission device is only linked to, in this case, it's only linked to its power source. And so once you get inside the uh, the... You only you disconnect it from the power source very easily and begin to um and, and as you are removing the as you are removing the implant the transmitter the doctor three at the same time is closing the link that that she's sealing off the, the wires and the linkage that held the that held the piece you're pulling out um, to the power core. And once again, she is right after that, she is right behind you as the device comes out of the kind of base of this guy's neck and she seals up the wound. And you now have a, on two trays with no, um, no indication that they have assimilation nan nanites in them. They probably do. You know, that it is Borg tech, but you have two Borg transmitters laying on a table. And um, she turns around and says, you're good, doctor, for a moment. Yeah, good for a moment, doctor. She turns around to the devices and you can see that she shuts them down. And you take a good look at this cube that is in his head. It's like I said, it's a little bit bigger than a six sided die. And it, basically, it's too big to not be, it's going to be noticed. It's a spot in his brain that is gone. And you can't immediately identify what it's connected to, if it's even connected to anything. Um, you could spend, uh, you could spend a momentum to discover more information, you'd have to ask a specific question about the thing. You could spend a momentum to discover something more about it in this case. We do have a lot of momentum. Yeah. We do. Full. You guys are full on momentum. We should, we should use it, but then there's the question. You know what? I, I'm going to use one so I get to ask a specific question. Oh, yeah, as specific as you want to be, and I'll provide you an answer. 
that's that's kind of the way it really works it's not like a it's not like a wish spell in D. you don't have to like agonize over getting the wording right <laughs> well okay i'm gonna like is this like a momentum for every question i ask <laughs> uh yes oh, one no. question get one piece of but... more information yeah so just go for it does that, co does that count a momentum asking that no no, of course not. Okay, okay. Um, so you're saying I can't, you know, I can't, like, immediately tell what it's connected to. Is there a way that I could examine it to see if there's anything connected to it? Like, Is that your question? Do you want to see what it's connected to? Yes. Very well. Um, with uh, the last bits of the scene, we see Dr. Uh, uh, we see Dr. Eli um, O'Connor looking at the scans because when you went in to, to take out the transmitter device, obviously your medical equipment is also making scans of the area around it. And when you're looking at those scans, you notice just uh, you notice what must be connections for this thing because on none of the faces of a cube uh you on none of the faces in the cube do you have um do you have any indication of something that, that leads to another system however at every corner of the cube so eight places on the cube there are call them the tiniest of like pins that, um, that, that just barely stick out of the cube. And each and every one of them is connected to not technology. It is connect. Well, yes, at this point at where it is, it's not technology. It is, uh, it has formed direct neural connections with the brain around it. From those eight positions. Um, all of them all of those back to the uh, the original, you know, the cube as eight things that go to the brain. All of them go to the brain. I see. Uh, specific areas of the brain. I'd let you know. I'd let you know that for one momentum. <laughs> um, it, it does. It's not going to a power system. It's not going to any of the Borg systems that you recognize. It's directly neuronically tied into the brain. It's not like Borg uh, tubes that are connecting it to the brain either. Marcus Graves, you know, he, he's got a good here in the chat. Is this device even Borg? Um... Scans tell you that yes, this Damn. device is organ nature. Wow. Okay, so will removing this hurt him? Like, will it kill him? No, it would leave him brain dead. Ah, so basically, will kill him. Basically, yes. It won't. It would not kill. Um, it would not kill his. Uh, you know, his physical body would not do that, but it would indeed, um, most likely, it would render him either brain dead um, because of severing neural connections that it may be using. You're even not 100% sure that it will do that, but your, your guess is that it will because the cube is providing um, what looks like 
stable area for these eight neural connections into his brain. And if you take that away, that stable area goes away. Whatever it's replacing um, goes away too. Okay, how many questions do I have left? It depends on how much momentum you want to spend. Um, as I said, you still don't know what parts of the brain specifically this go to. Okay, I'm using two more questions because hey, we're going to get this back. We're rolling very well tonight. Okay, go ahead. You say that now. <laughs> right? I love it. You say that now. Uh, it's, it's great. I know I'm creating drama for the viewers. Or suspense. <laughs> <laughs> so, suspense. go ahead and um, uh, ask something specific or whatever you want to ask. So, what parts of the brain is it connected to? It has connected itself via neur neurological connection to the part of the brain, um, four of the connections of the, of the little cube, ones that come off of the top of it, all connect to the memory centers of the brain. Uh, so this is storage, I'm guessing. The parts... From the bottom of it, all connect to nerve clusters along the spine. Those nerve clusters all are right. It's, it's the kind of thing like um, there are parts of your spine that if it just like if the nerves in that part of your spine just stopped working, you'd never move again, essentially. Um, and all of the, so the four on the top go to the memory centers of the brain and the four on the bottom go to four areas on the spine that if those areas were hurt, um, you're a doctor. You look at this and go, whoa, okay. Um, that if those areas were hurt, it would do much to cripple the physical body. So it's connected to things that are important both mentally and physically. And you still have another question. So I'm going to burn two. And get yes. two questions. What's your if last I, question? Is this infectious? Like, is are like if I leave it in there, is this going to like reassimilate him, like nanites and all that? If I leave this in there, does it does it have nan? It is definitely um the well on the scans. It, it, you it, on the scans, it can look just like a uh, just just the size of it is just a cube. But when you focus in really really close. There are nanites swarming the surface of this thing. You don't know if they're assimilation nights, but they are, they are there, making it very obviously board technology. Because as the closer you get in on it, the more it looks like uh, the edges of the cube or, or the faces of the cube are moving because there's nanites all over them. As I need like two minutes because I got to like, I, I need a bio break. I'll be right back. I promise. Um, so as, uh, Eli discovers this information, I caught the tail end of what you guys were saying, and I see it in the chat. Um, uh, as Eli gathers the last piece of this, you know, this information, Bryce reaches the area just above you, Rick Tier in the turbo lift shaft, and, uh, you are at a, what is very obviously a turbo lift door. There, uh... He climbs up a little bit above it, and he says, do you have your engineering tools to open this? Well, yeah, I would. And you saw him You saw him when he first got there. Let me, let me just add this. As he climbed up there, he tapped the keypad, and you heard a, you know, he tapped like four or five numbers into the keypad, and you heard a, like his, he, he just tapped his security 
you know, chief security officer code in there and it didn't let him in. And he goes, do you have your engineering kit to get us in here? Uh, I'm going to go and try and get us in there. All right. Um, you, Rick, have a good engineering skill for certain. Uh, and what is it to open a door? Uh, the con control... All right, let's make it control engine. Oh my gosh, you have a 16, and uh, this is experimental technology. Uh, do I have, are there, is there any momentum left? There are three points of momentum left. All right. Uh, well, your, your crit range is a five. Okay, so I'm going to use a, yeah. crit range is a five, target is 16. Yep, I'm going to use my last four points of threat. 16 and above is not just a failure, it's a complication. Okay. And motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just said motherfuck beetles. <laughs> All right, well then, Baz, you uh, break out your handy dandy super spy investigation kit. No, I'm just kidding. You break out your you break out your engineering kit and um, try to lock on this door. And so here's the thing: whoever put the lock on this door was good. Uh, you gain three momentum back for the group, bringing you back up to five. <laughs> and, like I said, whoever put the lock on this, this is one of those moments that Rick Tier gets to feel really good like about his skills. Because this guy, whoever put the lock here, was really good. None of your command accesses probably even including the captains, would get you in here. But in a matter of a few moments, tinkering with it with your engineering kit, the door slides open. And beyond, there appears to be a small Starfleet tech lab. And uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce, you know, Epps, off of the uh you know steps from the shaft with you and and you can see like it still almost looks invisible even this close up it's like a door opens in blackness like there's no indication there's a deck here and uh, the only difference between it and a regular deck is that um a regular deck probably runs about eight to eight and a half feet tall this deck runs about six feet So, um, you and Bryce step into this room, and Quentin is pretty much right behind you in the lab that you see in front of you as um, something you don't understand in the center of it. Uh, it is a large circular console. This is insane. Um, um, you see a large circular console, and above that console, it's not... A circle it's not a it's not a sphere it's not a circle it's kind of an amalgamation of shapes of lines of different colors that run into each other and there are places in it that have little um little bright spots and that kind of thing and you do not though you recognize that this looks like federation tech 
don't recognize the tech. Um, in addition to that, um, uh, in addition to that area, there is one other computer console that seems to be connected to. There's there's a spot that's no bigger than the size of one of your transporter pads that has six only say that they seem like they're probably transport enhancers or transport themselves because uh, a computer that seems to be connected to them is uh, is very obviously a Federation transporter computer. There is a uh, there is a small utilitarian um, desk and a chair and a a pad computer unit sits on the desk. There is no one in here. Maybe this would be an opportunity to see if we comms in or out. This would be an opportunity if I can get comms in or out. Do one of you want to try? Bryce uh, reaches for his comm badge, unless one of you do. Uh, I, will, I, I will reach out and... Um, I'll, uh, no, I'll let Bryce do it. Hey, Bryce, uh, Bryce says, uh, Lieutenant Bryce to the bridge. There is no response. The bridge never gets this call. Lieutenant, Br Lieutenant Bryce to main security. Looks over at the two of you and just shakes his head. I'm going to tap my badge and uh, Rick T to Bryce. See if there is that, whether it's outside or... Bryce's, badge, Bryce's badge says Rick T to Bryce. I think we have a Faraday cage. Something like. But who would put a Faraday cage on our ship? Who would put Starfleet Technology building a Faraday cage and then kidnap Starfleet personnel? Assuming that... Computer! No response. Yeah. So there's not a tie-in ship's main computer at least that recognizes our voice access we should we should leave uh, some kind of tracking program here to see what leave is... some kind of tracking program here bryce agrees to see who comes and goes find out what they do the doors behind you whoosh shut i think they have a tracking <laughs> A computer voice says, Personnel recognized. Quentin Reynolds, Chief Science Officer. Rick Tier, Chief of Engineering. Bryce, Chief of Security. This device has not been turned over to you. The room begins to fill with gas. Back to the bridge. Marcus, uh, you're finishing off the reports about um, about who is going to be traded with who as you're approaching the uh, as you're approaching the area that you're going to meet the Ticonderoga who will you know who will take um, all, it, the passengers that you have and any wounded that are going to go with them, right? Um, and uh, Kendra, you probably are. Uh, I'm guessing you're looking at the fact that it's been. I was going to say, minutes. can I miss a roll? Uh-huh, you certainly can, like, to keep your cool if you want. It's been 18 minutes when they said 30. <laughs> and you haven't heard from them. 
Um, basically, Kara, an, intu uh, an intuition check. Go ahead. Um, I don't know what that would intuition? be. I know, that's why I'm asking Baz. What would be a good intuition check here? I would uh, perhaps say Insight Command. Insight Command. You have a target number of 14. <laughs> or text. All right. Your intuition tells you that if he could have, your husband would have checked in before 18 minutes. And if Bryce could have, he would have checked in at 15 minutes. You're not sure about Rick, but your intuition tells you that you know that Quentin would have called you at the 15 minute mark to be like, we're doing okay. And you know that, um, that Bryce would have, would have called you to be like, um, this is what we found, sir, kind of thing. So take of it what you will. Your intuition tells you that mm, half an hour might be too long to be out of touch. Sir Combadge, Kendra to, Kendra to Quentin? No response. She taps her comrade uh, again. Um, Kendra to Marcus. Well, Marcus, Marcus is here. on the bridge with you. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. Let's actually play. Yeah, you well, two. He just kind of looks behind him and just says, yeah, uh, Mark is here. <laughs> actually. <laughs> and Kara, you're there too. Um, and the two NPCs of note that are there are the Klingon at Ops and Yannick at Tactical right now. Um, I think something's wrong. We We need to check on our team that's investigating the little mystery. Let's okay. blowing anything uh, up. Let's uh, get a specialist down there right away uh, and uh, deploy a security team. If Maddox is there and is not reporting back, we definitely need to treat this as a possible threat to the entire ship, especially since we've been dealing with Borg. So Marcus taps his combat and says, Lieutenant Tardigrade. Um, yeah, so Marcus knows Cara's... about the crawls, uh, the middle space, right? Yeah, you know that I'm um, all. Uh, okay, of yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, just making sure that he can describe it to him. So he goes, Marcus to Lieutenant Tardigrade. Of course he says yes. Lieutenant Tardigrade here. Uh, we need you to perform a spot check on some of our crew. Quentin, uh, Rick, and uh, Bryce have not reported in after checking a small space in between uh, decks 7 and 8. Oh, yeah, 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 that one, that one, that one. I'll, I'll go there right away. Spore jump. Really? Yes, it's an emergency. Okay. And... And he's four jumps. Okay. To um, some point on the deck. He doesn't know where. He's just going to go there. Okay. You uh, Tardigrade teleports into the, the empty space between decks near the turbo lift where he knows that he has seen, um, you know, through his, like, special Tardigrade eyes, he has seen um, two junior members of the crew go in there uh, and leave there. Um, uh Nothing, it doesn't seem to be anything bad. It probably, unless Tardig, unless uh, John puts together that um, it looks like it's hidden, which really, that's the kind of thing Quentin only found out when he got like crazy, that crazy roll, right? So, um, Tardy needs to make a perception check to see if he notices the room where it is exactly. Oh, so insight and command is eight and three. That is eleven. 
And no threat? No threat. I have used okay. all of my threat. Oh. One, one success. You see the room because you see the last blip of light as the doors close and it becomes dark again. And um, then you can spore jump right into the room if you would like to. Well, it, it, part of the part of me knows what's in the room, but Lieutenant Tardigrade doesn't. So he's going to immediately... Um, actually, wait, how close is he to the room? Uh, call it a matter of yards. You know, a matter of like okay. part of a football field. So he he'll lunge and try to burrow his way through the wall. But can Tardigrades not eat? Well, it, it's or just... What would, what would dig, make dig, you dig, go, dig. ow, that's like really, you know, like dig on it and be like, ow, that's really hard. Like, um... Well, like some fancy, like, Neutronium, possibly. Because, yeah. I mean, so we've seen him scratch through. Yeah, the walls are made of some kind of very heavy metal it may not be neutronium um tardigrade certainly doesn't know um whether what it's made of but tardigrade does know that it is very very hard and you could dig through it but it's going to take you a minute and he's going to be like this uh, they call me for emergency this is an emergency does he recognize that it's a door that's in front of him yes once you're close enough, you can He's... see that yes, it is a door. It has a door shape. It looks like it looks like a turbo lift connector door. Okay, he's gonna grab the door, try to sink his claws in as deep as he can, and he's gonna try to spore jump the door off. Hey, um, you spore jump back like fifteen feet, and the door does not come with you. Ah. And all of the three of you inside of the room, just as the door the door shut, um, uh. uh what it, whatever it said, something about um, you know, uh, something identified and then named all of you. Um, and right after it says that, the door shut. And then right after the door shut, there's like a breath, breath, breath. And then it sounds like some monster, like out of like the horror movie, <laughs> tearing at the door, trying to rip it down. <laughs> in there and kill you. There is something horrifying right outside of that door. And the three of you, well, Bryce doesn't, but the two of you have a little bit of a start at that when it happens. And then those uh, those circle, that circle of what you can best describe as they are some sort of transport enhancer, but I'm not sure in what way. They glow for a moment and Rick... Crewman Astrid Johansson is standing in the middle of them, and her eyes go incredibly wide, seeing the three of you standing there, and her mouth kind of, like, drops open, like, um, I have to explain, don't I? She, her mouth drops open and goes, I'm gonna have to explain this, aren't I? Yes, first get us out of here. I wasn't really talking to you. He is going to want to talk to you now. Fuck. And she taps her comm badge. Those things on the floor light up again and she disappears. She actually says, 
fuck as a you know as the explicative of like oh this this is bad like you can tell what she was like oh this is bad <laughs> this is bad <laughs> and um uh tardigrade what do you do the door didn't come off with you he's gonna try to spore jump inside the room now this is awesome you spore jump and um so you see spore space in the mycelial realm and of course you know john tardigrade does in a way that no one else does it is um where he's from you can see the patterns of the way that things move and you can you can teleport from inside of a spaceship on the other side of the galaxy to earth if you wanted to right um so it should be no big deal to spore jump into a room that you think is right in front of you but once you're in spore space you can't see it right in front of you and he needs okay to make i got a reaction to this check. he's got to make another perception check because it's okay. possible that we'll see something which is again an eight and a three is an 11. one success what he sees is the area where the room should be is strangely clear of connection like the mycelial connections that flow through everything but just an you know just enough it doesn't look out of it's like it's shielding itself from the mycelial realm so lieutenant tardigrade has a reaction because this is completely new and he's uh -huh. very frustrated so his reaction is <laughs> 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 oh goodness! <laughs> we gotta give him that. I'm good to give him that. So, a moment later, inside of the room, um, uh, I actually on the bridge. Artigrade's been gone for like a minute or so, or he's had enough time to do a couple of things, and he hasn't reported back yet. Um. Security, uh, what's your progress getting towards the uh, unknown space between stack seven and eight? Uh, you get a, you get a. Uh, this is security team beta three, sir. We are at the, we are at the turbo lift entrance that that the officers went up. I can't even say I can really see the thing, but I know it's up there. You want us to go? All right, up keep, an open calm. keep an open calm. Keep an open calm. Keep it up and calm. Get up there. Uh, see what's going on. Try to make contact with Lieutenant Tardigrade if he's up there. Um, but yeah, otherwise report in. Also, um, I want us to prepare transporters and any tactical solutions that may be necessary, including a photon torpedo, if it comes to that. Uh, you hear, I, sir. And then just before the transmission cuts out, you hear one of them say, this is so above our pay grade. And the two of them, we see the audience sees the two of them start climbing up that ladder that Bryce brought down. This is so above our pay grade. <laughs> um, so they're climbing up toward the thing. And um, what do the three of you on the bridge do? Um, I mean, right now, even, you know, Tardigrade hasn't checked in. Um, Marcus did a thing. What does Elena, what does Kendra do? Um, and Kara also. What was that? Sir, permission to go down there. Permission granted. Kendra makes her way down to the turbo lift shaft. 
day. You take a different turbo lift to get down to where security is now climbing up and um, find another security team has moved in. Uh, another two security officers have moved in with hand phasers. To Basically, they have two guys guarding one turbo lift, and now they have two guys climbing up a turbo lift. And when they see you, they both almost in unison are like, Commander... Um, you you can see the scene as has been seen by those before you. Um, the turbo lift is open up to a, a place that by this point they can point it out to you. It's really hard to see. Um, really hard to see. Um, but it's up there for sure. I want to do a want to do a i love it <laughs> i want to do a um like a a dice roll of some sort and i'm trying to think of what exactly i want to do um i'm gonna climb up there okay and i'm going to use my tricorder even though i know everybody else has has used their tricorders already mm-hmm. um, on the outside of the door and they're like man this is locked tight or they say, "Sir, this is locked tight." And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a scan for any uh, temporal activity that might be happening. Tardigrade is over to your left by about twenty or twenty-five yards, and he just is like, I, I imagine him just floating there, being like, because this is like the moment after he was like, "Fuck!" Um, so he's still like. Mm. You know, this didn't, why did this happen? Um, and um, you run your, uh, you run your scanner over it and it's a, sure enough, you find a locked door that, um, a sealed door, a sealed and locked door that looks like a turbo lift connector. And that you can tell from the size of the room beyond, it looks like a small lab. But do um, I pick up any? No, you do not. You do not pick up any temporal particles of any variety or other. Well, dang it! Back in the room, uh, Quentin. Do you? Uh, back in the room, Quentin. Do you say um, something along those lines that you typed into chat? <laughs> I've said a lot of lines in chat, but um, um, it's so first it's, off, are we being gassed still? Yes, you're still being gassed, and Bryce is not being affected by said gas, right? No, he is not, and you can tell that the effect on you is um, intensely calming. It's not putting you out. It's not even making you woozy, but it's making you. Really, really calm about the current situation. Rick and Rick and Quentin, what do you do? I'll tell you what um, Bryce is doing after. So probably should try and get the door open or at least vent whatever this is. I'll see but... if I can scan. Bryce walks over <laughs> to the door and pounds on it as hard as he can with his data-like strength and for kendra and the two security officers outside the door suddenly shakes as if some great beast is inside trying to force its way out 
Kenford yells, can you guys hear us? For you. And um, here we are at the, the end of the episode, except for one last scene. Um, that I, the two last scenes that I would like to make sure that we get done. Um, uh, the, um, the, the gas clears from the room. It had a, um, it had a blue color to it. And, um, Rick, you, um, you basically scan it as, um, it's the equivalent of going to the dentist and getting happy gas. Um, you're really just like, not really feeling very violent or vile, like just none of that right now. So, like a, a low powered anesthesia kind of thing. Yeah, essentially, you you've been dosed by a medical low powered anesthesia gas, and you see those that circle of uh, that, that circle of lights um, shine, and you see a silvery. You don't even see the transporter beam, but you see the person materialize from uh, you see the person materialize from from the beam as uh, you know as it is. Um, so, but 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 what I'm getting at is that the there there is no indication of like the transporter beam, just the person suddenly beaming in, which I find very. Very cool. And, um, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm not even gonna worry about, uh, I'm not even gonna, yeah, I'm not even gonna worry about it. Instead, I'm just gonna be like, all right, everybody, um, uh, this person right here appears on the transporter pad. Uh, that doesn't look anything like a transporter pad through a, uh, <laughs> Uh, through a uh, through a transporter beam that doesn't look anything like a transporter beam. It's controlled by a computer system that doesn't look anything like a computer system that you know and would probably take hours to understand on your best days. Um, appears on the transporter pad and steps forward and he says, Not who I would have expected. Greetings, gentlemen. My name is Franklin Drake. I need to speak with the captain. Yeah, there he is. There he is, done in, um, <laughs> done, done, done in, uh, done in art shop. Art that's kind of the like the hard like you know boom. That's like the game down surprise moment. Is he steps off of the transporter pad and says, "Not who I would have expected, but hello, gentlemen. My name is Franklin Drake, and I need to speak with your captain." And that's kind of like the like the 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 cool like credits roll end moment of like you were right all along, Kara. You're like, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> it is section thirty one. 